0: Welcome to the Tech of Business show. I'm your host Jamie Sletsky, and on this show, we are exposing the technology that runs growing and thriving businesses today, from smart and innovative to nuts and bolts. There is no tech stone unturned. Now, it's time to talk tech and let's get into today's episode. This is the Tech of Business podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Sletsky, and today I am doing a tech breakthrough session with Hannah Smolensky. Hannah is a CPA and the founder of Brighten Up Financial. She started the business out of a deep desire to see small business owners' success. Hannah understands that the success of those businesses relies heavily on financial well-being. Brighten Up Financial wants to make sure that business owners have the information they need to make solid financial decisions so that they can thrive, not just survive. Anna and her team do this by providing CFO services to small businesses, which generally involves equipping owners with the information they need to grow their businesses, make decisions, become more profitable, and plan for the future. This is such valuable content and I am excited to help Hannah today in this Tech Breakthrough Session having her information into more people's hands and more businesses can take this information and see their businesses soar. Welcome to the Tech of Business Podcast, Hannah.
1: Thank you so much, Jamie. This is super fun. I'm really excited to learn from your tech genius. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, you know, I like to call myself your favorite techie, <laughs> but yeah. So when I put out the ask and said, "Hey, does someone have something they'd like to come on the tech uh, p- uh, business podcast for and have do a tech breakthrough session?" You raised your hand and you said, "What?"
1: <laughs> I said, "What did I say?" I said. I really need help getting my leads into people's hands and I, or lead magnets basically. So I wanna grow my email list and I um, I have a few things. So I have an ebook that I'm working on and then I have some Excel worksheets that should be able to help people run their business more efficiently and successfully, really. So I'm just trying to figure out the best strategies to do that. I've kind of played around with it, but I figured that I should just go to the expert because you were offering and I was like, wow, this is such an amazing opportunity. Yeah, well, I'm glad to he- be here to help you out with this. So you've got a
0: couple of digital products that you want to uh, provide in exchange for an email address as lead magnets dripping into your email marketing system. And you've told me ahead of time that you're using Drip as the email solution and that drip itself has the ability to create a pop-up on a website so you've been able to put implement that code on your website at this point is that correct
1: that's correct yes and i'm i'm not necessarily married to drip but it seems to be working pretty well so yep i that's am, a good one
0: i am actually very agnostic when it comes to the tools you use as long as they work and they aren't a headache, then I'm pretty good. It's kind of like, uh, probably in your world, you've got a lot of people who are like Excel, but I use Google Sheets. (laughs) So I'm sure that that conversation, you know, I'm not married to anyone and I'm sure that the flexibility is helpful as well for anybody going forward. So what we're talking about today can work with any of the email marketing platforms, whether you're on MailChimp or Aweber, ConvertKit, Drip, uh, ActiveCampaign, which is the one that I generally recommend, doesn't really matter. Um, What we've got is we've got a Form that people can fill out that was created from your email marketing source and that gets put onto the website. And usually they give you two or three lines of code and you add them in where it says, and voila, it's there. Correct. Yes. So now when I go to your website and I sign up, what happens? That's where we're at. Is right. That right? Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> Currently not a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, this is all, you know, how tech. Uh, and marketing integrate with one another. And having a lead magnet, having a piece of uh, digital real estate, basically that you can give in exchange for that email address is a great place to begin. And we talked about this a little bit in the uh, deep dive episode on email marketing. So it's a perfect fit from that one. That one launched on launch day. That was episode number three. So, We talked in that one about having everything set up and having an email go out to the subscriber right after they sign up, and it's that email that delivers that whatever product you are giving. I like to either have in that product, in that email, a direct link to the product that they can download from your website or having it um, actually enclosed in the email as an attachment. Um, Emails that have it as an attachment, I generally say, as long as the file is smaller than one meg, um, Mm. then go for it that way. Otherwise, you're gonna wanna link it to somewhere that you can store it, whether that's on Amazon Web Services, whether it's in Google Drive, it could be in Dropbox, it could be on your website. It doesn't matter which one of those but i generally use that one meg as the the tipping point as to whether they should get it from the web or in their inbox
1: do you think that's what if it was a larger size maybe some emails might block it or maybe it just might be too big to go through or take a long time. I don't, I don't know what the,
0: the the rationale. The the reason why I say that is because so many of us are hooked up on our mobile devices all the time. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to waste your space on your phone. If you're going to be checking your email on your phone, you most likely aren't going to be wanting that Excel spreadsheet (laughs) on your phone. You're going to want it on your computer. So that that's, adding an extra layer. So if someone gets your email after they've signed up and they get it on their phone, they see, Oh, it's, it's a link to an Excel spreadsheet. I will flag this. I will look at it when I'm on my computer versus them getting that in a document on their phone. They've added up um, space to download it. It's taken time. It's not something they're actually going to use in that space. And that's really the biggest reason why I have that threshold of the one
1: meg. Gotcha. That makes sense. And that's very considerate. <laughs> so I'm sure people like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I sit on Wi Fi all day long. I mean, I have Wi Fi on my phone in my house, and I'm fortunate enough to work from home. And wherever else I go, pretty much my phone will connect to the Wi Fi. So it's not like it's a bandwidth issue. It's more of a practicality issue. It doesn't need to be there. And I want to create a really good experience from the get go
1: makes sense.
0: Yeah. So in that case, uh, you have the option of where you're going to store the piece of whatever you're going to be giving away, whether it's your ebook or the Excel spreadsheets. And we can talk about which one makes more sense for your audience and and things like that as well. Once you kind of decide on that, then the challenge becomes, okay, so what else, what else am I giving to this person after they've opted in? am i following up the opt in with strategies to implement it am i following up the opt in with additional goodies that they didn't expect and how do i automate that is that where you're at next or are you looking at a different direction
1: um i i am kind of there i i am trying to think about how to give these things in a way that it i mean obviously it benefits my my people, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I want them to get it and I want it to be value for them. Um, I'm thinking I've been talking with a few people and there is maybe an opportunity to do some type of training on how to use the document because I can hand somebody over an Excel spreadsheet, but they still might get it and go, uh, well, like, thanks for the spreadsheet. But if I don't really know how to optimize it, then I'm, it's, it's worthless to me. So I was thinking maybe like follow it up with, a webinar or follow it. I mean, obviously that would have to be scheduled, but, um, yeah, I, or like maybe I have a YouTube video cause I'm starting to do more YouTube. Maybe I have a YouTube video that says, Hey, this is how you use the spreadsheet. So I would like to equip people.
0: Absolutely. That I, that's be... exactly where I was hoping you were going to go. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a couple of things you can do at that point is you, if you want to, Send them the spreadsheet that they asked for, put a couple of nuggets in that email of saying, okay, when you get started in this, look at this tab and look at this tab. Mm-hmm. I'll be back tomorrow with a video walkthrough of how to use this spreadsheet. Then you're laying the expectation. You're laying the timeline. You're putting it into, back into their court saying, hey, you guys can look at it for a day. And then the next day you show up uh, back in their inbox with that link to the YouTube video. And maybe at the, on the link of the YouTube video, they can click on another link back on, their, on there that if they haven't signed up for your email list, because they maybe they found this video via uh, YouTube and they didn't find it through your website, you could then mm-hmm. link them back through to have a place to be able to download a uh, strategy guide for using that list or using that, uh, that Excel spreadsheet. Gotcha. The idea at this point is to put a lot of um, breadcrumbs in place so that people know what path you're like, so that they can follow the path that you're leading them on and putting as much of that in autopilot
1: and in automation as possible. Gotcha. And breadcrumbs, what you mean by that would be more like when and where you can expect things, try to lead them to... The next steps. Is that's that- right. Okay. Yeah.
0: So if if ultimately after you have someone
1: on your list, you want them to
0: see if you and your team are a good fit for coming in and doing a financial audit or whatever type of service it might be, you'll want to take every step toward that process. So that's why sometimes your worksheets are going to be good. Sometimes other times you're going to have the. Um, your uh, ebook that is good. And it really kind of depends on where you want to lead them. If you want to lead them into a course that's mostly DIY, then the Excel spreadsheets might be a great choice because then they're kind of used to doing the work.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas if you want to lead them into uh, direct one-on-one services, it may be a different lead magnet that you'd want to use.
1: Makes sense. Yeah.
0: And it doesn't mean that it's one or the other. Mm -hmm. you could experiment with a couple of different ones and see how far down the path someone goes uh, with one or the other. So if you start with the Excel spreadsheets, I'm an Excel user myself. So that's more exciting for me (laughs) because I want to see if I've got my sheets created right. But if I then say, yes, I watched the video and yes, I want your tools. And then, yes, I want to opt in for a mini course that you might be offering for another part of optimization that might be, you know, a, a, a small price point and continue to, uh, to opt in and to to say yes and to say yes, you've now taken me down a path where I'm like, I completely trust you. And the nice thing is, is that you set it up once and you look at your at you look at the results, you don't have to watch every step. You just kind of see, oh, Jamie fell off at this point or, oh, 400 people fell off at this point or 800 people went all the way through and signed up for my course. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of put it in that, that side of things as well. So it's really a matter of setting it up right to begin with or setting it up right now to go forward.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Now that, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think it, it really plays into the strategy piece. I mean, I think if you, I, when I first started my website, I had a lead magnet, but it wasn't really, it turned out not to be for my audience. And then it was not the people who'd be clicking on it were really not my audience. And I was like, well, it's great content, but actually it's not taking anybody in the direction that I really want them to be going. And it's not even drawing in the people that Are really who need my services. So it was kind of an interesting, um, you know, fail, (laughs) interesting fail, trial and error. It's a learning process. You learn from it and then you go, okay, well, next time comes around. So that's why this is so helpful because I'm really seeing that this strategy, I mean, I don't want to overcomplicate it to a point where it scares me and I stay away from it, but like getting help, it's it's making it more approachable, which is great.
0: Absolutely, and that that's the thing is that even though I call these tech breakthrough sessions, a lot of times they're uh, strategy in conjunction with tech because you have decided to use the form that's provided by your email service provider, which takes away one step of the tech. You know, make, you don't have to worry about the integration between whatever form you're using and your email service provider, which is great. It's a great place to start. You're using that and it puts it in a very seamless way right into the funnel that you wanna create into the email mm-hmm. series that you want to be sending people on. I generally recommend that when you're onboarding a new subscriber, that you drop into their inbox probably like every two to three days in the first couple of weeks and really provide them a lot of value. And because, yeah, because someone wants to, like they said, yes, you want them to be excited about what they've said yes to and do something with it because it's far more likely that someone's going to remember you and remember their small win if they've had success and constant engagement.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm curious about the other side to where you get so many emails to where it becomes annoying. I, I don't think I'm going to err on that side. If anything, I'm probably <laughs> not going to send enough emails because that's just tends to be more my personality. But I've, I've signed up for some things recently, and then I get bombarded to a point where I'm just like, man, really? I know who you are. <laughs> So I, I wonder, I mean, a couple of times a week seems much more reasonable than every single day or multiple times a day. Just. Oh you know. yeah.
0: and I mean, there's different reasons to use email for different, in different frequencies and in the onboarding time, you don't want to come and send 14 emails in seven days. That's, that's. Right overkill. I do know that there are some people who set up um, an entire automation for the first six months. And what they do is they'll send one email every week with a tidbit um, from their blog or from their podcast or from their YouTube channel that goes out in an automated fashion to their new subscribers. And then their regular emails, their regular communication goes out to everybody, but it goes on a different day of the week. So at most you'll get two emails a week. And that can work if you've already got a lot of content and that you know that the people who are receiving it need that content or are going to receive it well. And it's all about the experimentation. I mean, what I say for you may be completely different for the next uh, you know CPA who has their own business very similar to yours. It could be completely different even if you're in the same industry. So mm-hmm. it's all about trial and error. <laughs>
1: Yeah. That makes sense. And just watching the metrics as they come in. Right. And yes, figuring it out, getting feedback, see how many people are unsubscribing (laughs) after too many emails or something. Yeah,
0: Or if there's one email that um, has an an absorbent, like a way bigger amount of opt of opens or Mm -hmm. a way bigger number of unsubscribes, then you, you, pivot from there. You don't have to stay where you are. The biggest thing though, is that when you have a small email list, every every instance is very measurable. Everybody has a lot of impact on what the net outcome is. So if you only have a hundred subscribers and two people are, you're, you're weighing, you know, maybe you had, you know, hundred subscribers and you had 40 people open one email and 42 open the next. Is that a difference? And it's hard to know. Uh, that's why uh, some of the email service providers have the ability to resend
1: to unopens. I don't know if you have that in Drip. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. actually, they do have that. I remember yeah. I remember that's an option as you um, schedule your campaign.
0: Yeah, and the advantage to that is that people are busy. And right. And so by you providing that as an additional, Hey, you know what? You might've missed this email. It's a really nice way of bringing them back into the fold. But again, you don't want to abuse that. You don't want people to say, Oh, I see Hannah's name again. I don't want to see Hannah's name again. <laughs> you know? So it, it's a, it's a, it's such a, difference and because you are in a business to business space where some of the audience is business to consumer there are going to be different times and places and you know um needs from the subscriber for example in your posi- position i would recommend only sending emails monday through thursday hmm. i wouldn't even bother with sending them on fridays Because businesses like to wrap up their week, even if they work over the weekend, they still like to wrap up their week. And reading email on the weekend, even though, again, you could be working with a small business owner who works every weekend, there's a different feel in the air when it's Saturday or Sunday. So I would would really kind of look at creating your schedule so that your emails don't hit on the less optimal times. Mm, That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but if there's a business that caters to consumers and they've got this amazing lead magnet that goes out and it makes total sense to send that at seven o'clock in the evening, then they send it at seven o'clock in the evening and it resonates with the audience. So understanding that you're working with people who probably are looking at their numbers at the early part of the day and, you know, it just kind of getting into the mindset of the person who's receiving it to make sure that
1: they receive it at the right time as well. Mm -hmm. That's a really good tip. Yeah. I, I've thought about that for other companies before, but then I haven't really thought about it for myself all that much. (laughs) Mostly I'm working mid, I mean, in the middle of the day, so that makes sense, but
0: yeah. 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 And that's the nice thing about these email marketing Providers is they oftentimes have the ability, especially with the automations, to send it in the client, the recipient's time zone. Mm-hmm. So if you're working, you know, I know you're out here in the Seattle area as well. So we're on the Pacific time zone. If you wanted to send something that hit the inbox at nine o'clock in the morning, You want it to hit at nine o'clock, no matter what time zone people are in, especially when it's not like an opt-in or a sales email. It's just an information email where you're giving content, having it hit at nine o'clock in the morning, every time zone, having that set up in the system so that it does it that way is going to provide a much more positive experience for the, uh, recipient, um, I know that when I wake up, and I mean, I wake up just around six o'clock in the morning out here, and so it's nine o'clock back east, mm-hmm. and the number of emails that I've already received mm-hmm. that are business emails, I'm like, it's six o'clock in the morning. I'm not ready for this.
1: <laughs> yeah, or I have a client in Europe, and then I get emails all throughout the night, so I have to, it's really important that I have that mute on. <laughs> yes, For those. Yes.
0: <laughs> absolutely absolutely so <laughs> yeah so what other questions do you have about setting up the lead magnet so that it goes out um and uh, the additional content that you might be providing in this process of bringing someone into the sphere that is all things hannah
1: <laughs> <laughs> um Let's see. So you said that I could host the document somewhere like on Dropbox or Google Drive or something like that. Correct. So I know with those links, um, you can set like a permission yes. for those. So would you just say anyone who has this link can view this file? That's correct. is that how you set it up? Okay. Yeah,
0: and you Great. can you can make it sure that it's like you, they have to download it and they only have read they have read only permissions so that if they want to do anything with it they have to download it take it off of your site okay um, or storage
1: unit yeah gotcha and so then okay so then the trigger for the initial thing is the sign up and then I just put them into a multiple email campaign basically campaign or automation yes. Is there any benefit of, and then maybe this gets into more like SEO or other issues, but is there any benefit of hosting more things or having them come from email back into my website? Or is that like, should I try to get people back into my website or is it all, is it more about where I want them to go? (laughs) Okay. Where I want that content to sit basically. So
0: for them to receive that piece of content, they're going to receive that piece of content um, in isolation. You want to be sending them back to your website to consume content or to engage with you or do other things. Mm-hmm. So having that, uh, that link on your website or having that piece of uh, content sitting in like the media files of your website isn't going to help with your SEO. It's much more likely that when you send in a follow-up email, I have this blog post, go read this blog post and you send them Mm -hmm. to a specific piece of content. That's where uh, you're going to get the benefit because they're going to read that piece of content. And then they're going to want to go to another piece of content you have on your website or set a schedule, a consultation or, 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 but when they're actually getting that piece, that piece of For that freebie that you've created for them, it's much less likely that they're going to do anything else on your website. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't stress about hosting it there.
1: Okay. Okay. That's good to know. That that's, that's
0: my opinion. Um, and I've kind of worked with it in a number of different ways. I personally, because of the amount of space I have on my websites, I actually host them all on my website. And the reason why I do that is because that way I keep, my cloud storage location's a little bit uncluttered. I I have it kind of organized that way, gotcha. um, but I also don't upload it into WordPress. I upload it directly onto my my host. So I do it differently anyway, because again, I'm your favorite techie.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that sounds all a little bit too, like, too techie for me to where I'm like, I need somebody else to do that for me. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And I, I, Dropbox is a really good place for Mm -hmm. those. If you are, uh, creating that type of structure that it makes sense for it to be in Dropbox. And I mean, Google drive the same. It's, it's a good, good use for that as well.
1: Gotcha. And that's really helpful.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I like, I love this stuff. I love helping, my audience, I love helping individuals in the audience kind of just get from where you are to through the technology to the solution so that you're able to serve your audience and provide them with something of value so that they value you even more. So I am Absolutely. so glad, Hannah, that you came on the tech of business podcast today. I love uh, for everyone to, you know, by the time this podcast episode airs, you're going to have all of this in place.
1: Yes. Yes. So I will.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So tell everyone where they're going to be able to get your freebie and how else they can connect with you.
1: Okay. So my website is brightenupfinancial.com and it's spelled out just like I said, it brightenupfinancial.com. And when you go on there, there will be a little pop-up or something that says, hey, get this freebie and sign up for my email newsletter, if that sounds fun to you. And then I'm also on Facebook, and um, that's also at Facebook, I guess, slash Brighten Up Financial, but that's my business page. I actually spend a lot of time on there, and I spend a lot of time finding good stuff and articles, and I do Facebook Lives on there about accounting topics and financial topics and things like that. I'm actually going to be on there a little bit later today. Um, So yeah, that's mostly where I am. And then you can always email me at hannah at com. And we'll have all of those links over in the
0: show notes. And I am just so thankful that you came on to the Tech of Business podcast and did this tech breakthrough session with me, Hannah. Thank you so, so much.
1: Thank you so, so much. This has been great. (laughs)